Hey everyone, we're out enjoying the summer and hope you're doing the same. We'll be back on August 30th this year. Until then, we're rewinding to some of our favorite and most popular episodes. We'll still be releasing Zodiac episodes around the 20th of each month. Until then, we'll see you all in the fall. The podcast you are about to listen to is explicit and may not be suitable for children. Some content may be triggering and graphic. These stories are real. And as we all know, real can sometimes be hard to look at. However, it is necessary for healing and growth. Welcome to Stumbling Through Enlightenment. I'm Jason. And I am Lori. And I'm Edward. Every day we are working through our shit. And today we invite you to work through some of yours with us. Let me give you a quick rundown on what we're going to do in today's episode. The first part of the episode is where Ed, Lori, and I talk about what's going on in our day-to-day lives and where you'll be able to hear how we support each other's growth. During the second portion, Lori, Ed, and I will have a deep dive discussion topic ranging from self-awareness, metaphysics, mental health, personal discovery, and much more. During the third portion of the show, we're going to do a segment called Off the Rails. This is the funnier side of the podcast, where we talk about Lori's trippy dreams, top 10 lists, and all the weird and wild things we come up with along the way. How is everybody doing this week? <laughs> I was pretty spaced out. You know, right? I saw that. <laughs> like, I was, like, like, the grand gesture. And, and he was like and looking Jason right by like, it. I have no idea what's going on. Yeah, yeah, my bad. So uh, apparently, Jason, you've been spacey this week. Yeah, yeah, I guess so. Um, I haven't really had much going on. Really? Really. I mean, my life has been kind of uh, unilaterally focused. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. You know, and we talked about that probably last week. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, So yeah, I've just been trying to get caught up with the garden. had a interesting thing happen at work. I had this this client who was really angry. Mm-hmm. And I was sitting down with her and we went through this process because she had to order something, but you had to go online to do it. So I was helping her out with that. Mm-hmm. And she ordered it, but she wanted the response immediately. And it was one of those things like you pay <laughs> and then you set up your appointment. Oh, uh, yeah. So, like, she ordered it, and within, like, five minutes, she was flipping out. I mean, throwing things, yelling. Oh, wow. Like, oh, wow. Because she didn't want, you know, I, I put this money out there. It was, like, 30 bucks. I put this money <laughs> out there, and now I don't have anything to do with it, you know? I'm like, yeah. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. So, that was interesting. Yeah. So I, I got to, to kind of pull out my straight face, you know? And right. Kind of collar on it. And we ended up, you know, at the time, I told her, I was like, it's been 10 minutes. You need to chill out. Right. <laughs> yeah. Know? You're being very angry. And if they respond in 15 minutes, and because of your anger, I've had to leave, it'll be even longer before you hear from them. Right. (laughs) Right. Oh, wow. Right. So she kind of chilled out, and then we set up this appointment for, it was actually ended up being the following day, and then she apologized when I got there the following day, and it ended up being a good growing moment. But Mm -hmm. it's it's been probably 
probably at least six or eight months before I've had since I've had someone that got that escalated. Yeah. Wow. So yeah, that was kind of a, a interesting situation. Yeah, it's always interesting when people escalate. Right. <laughs> yeah. It's never not interesting. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, you know, I I never felt unsafe. I mean, this right. is an elderly woman. I could easily defend myself right right um but yeah just gotcha well i've um i've been doing the medication route yeah um and uh i was talking to Lori about this oh you started meds yeah i started meds uh med or meds med just one yeah um we we talked about that a couple of weeks ago one at a time um yeah (laughs) and uh I'm titrating up, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm slowly increasing the dose and I am really appreciating it right now. I Was it Zoloft or it, Paxil? Zoloft. Zoloft, okay. And the... So sertraline also. Yeah, sertraline. Yeah. And I have found that the background anxiety, the anxiety that I have lived with for my entire life is gone i mean like not gone but gone like i mean i I still get anxious about specific moments yeah but just the constant it it, what are you on for a milligram um i right now i'm 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 at where i'm supposed to where we're going to stay and that's a hundred i think a hundred milligrams okay um which is the the the, that's a good start dose yeah that's what they're saying and i'm i'm actually going to talk to my provider uh this week um because I've just just now titrated up, and I don't know that. I mean, I definitely don't want to go up, but I'm wondering if we'll see where it is. But I felt really good on fifty, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. and I don't know if I mm-hmm. want to go back down to that fifty or if I want to stay at that hundred. So I'm just going to talk to her about like you know the yeah. sensitivity piece to see where that is. But I'm you know I'm I'm feeling really good. Um, like by like I said, by the end of the day, I'm still I've still got that anxiety. But like overall, I wake up and I'm like, wow, yeah. this is incredible. Um, freeing isn't it it is it is quite freeing you know so it's also a little uh interesting because like i don't you know like i don't know how to feel you know what i mean like i don't like what does normal feel like what right, does typical what's place feel? of anxiety yeah um and then you know just like because i don't remember ever being without this anxiety i just don't yeah like you said like what's in place like this calmness okay so you know why it am is this normal? Is this what normal? Is this what everybody else feels like who doesn't have like this background anxiety? Is this is this really what it's like for people? You know, and now what do I do with that? You know, like are you doing therapy stuff? I am. Yeah, I just yeah. Uh, so we just did a plan. Um, we're working on boundaries. Actually, this is the first thing that I want to wanted to work on um, was boundaries and uh, um, and then a couple of other things too. But the boundaries is a big piece uh, because I realized that my boundaries are like a major issue and like whatever we talk about you know in in the past and anything that i've done for work on that is great in theory but i'm still having very hard time you know putting a lot of those into place yeah so boundaries with like my mother um but then i also have you know people in my life that i'm like their best friend but they're not anybody that is i know this sounds this is what sounds horrible for me like you know yeah i'm really important in their life yeah they're not really all that important in my life, you yeah. know, and 
being able to 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 navigate that is very difficult for me because I'm still that people pleasing person where I'm like, oh, of course you're just this most amazing important person in my oh, life. Oh, that's and so like, funny because like as even yeah. as you say that, I'm important in their life, like, but they're not really that important in mine. I'm thinking to myself, I don't think I'm important in anybody's life that isn't important in mine. Hmm, this is. So, like, yeah. yeah, I'm hearing that going, oh, that's interesting, and that's coming from your people-pleasing. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, you know, and, and it's like, it's nice, like, I'm, and, and the, these people, <laughs> these people in my life that are like that, yeah. are, you know, I've been nice to them because I'm a kind person, you well, know, yeah. you know, and uh, they're usually people from a work situation, and all of a sudden, you know, I'm, I'm like, they've pinned all their hopes and dreams upon this relationship that does not exist on my end. And I don't know how because to... Because for you, you were just trying to do the role of people-pleasing, and so well, it didn't go deeper than that. Well, not it? even that. Just just, just because I took an interest in them as a person. Because if you're going to work with somebody, you, you, yeah. you kind of want to know like on the surface. But for right. me, it was surface. For them, it was like, holy shit, this guy is like, you know, whatever. I'm like, I don't, I don't want that. And I don't know how to navigate that. I don't know how to like set a boundary for that so like so that's one of the things that we're, we're starting to work on um who that's a problem i would want to have <laughs> yeah it's can not a fun imagine, problem jason I, can I, you I, imagine I, I, my brain goes in a billion different ways i know that. right, right? Yeah. that's that's wow <laughs> but, but yeah, so it's it's been interesting, you know, to have the, the lack of anxiety, yeah. um, you know, overall, um, and then the, and that piece too, but like... I do actually have a comment about that. Yeah. So, um, one of the visualizations, or, or whatever, and uh, whatever it is that I've heard in the past is that if you imagine your antidepressant as a whale breaching, mm -hmm. right, when you get on it, the whale comes up breathes yeah and goes down yeah uh, right? so it will level out level yeah out. well gotcha. exactly but so in in that that theory the whale is actually not able to breathe right mm -hmm. so it comes up it breaches where it can breathe it falls down but yeah. it can't come up normally to level and they call it um what do they call it? There, anyway, there's a word for when a whale just sits on the surface and, and, uh -huh. and kind of floats. Yeah. Okay. Um, and that's where you want to get with your antidepressant. You don't want to be breaching. And, and then going down. Right, and back right, and, yeah. right. So it's almost like a roller coaster. Oftentimes, that first umph of it, you know, yep. like your 50 milligrams or even 25 for some people, you know, they go up and they get that breach. And it's just like the breach for enlightenment. Yeah. You know, it's like, oh, that's uncomfortable. Oh, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> you know? absolutely. And then you yeah. go back down, and then that's more comfortable. So they get kind of here, like they're halfway up to getting mm -hmm. to reaching again, and they yep. think that, that should be good. Right. Right? Instead of actually getting to that point where they're they're floating on the surface, uh, okay. freely breathing. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That's why it takes time. Right. Well, and, and you know, then that's why, you know, we have our med providers and yeah. the people that, you know. Exactly. And, and the reason why I chose the person that I did, because they have a background in, like, therapy. They have a background, you know, in the, in the meds, too. Yeah. So that's she's, helpful. She's really amazing as far as, you know, her her thought pattern yeah um the way she thinks about things so like i trust your judgment so it's, it's a good that's thing that's important yes yeah, yeah. that it yeah the trusting the people that you're working with is 
Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of a big deal. Yeah. <laughs> if you don't trust them. Eesh. But I did feel, like you said, like, you know, even the 25 milligrams when I started that, I, I felt it immediately. Well, almost immediately. You right. Know? Um, and it's just gotten, it's gotten really nice. So, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, the void you're you're talking about even is like, you know, I mean, I just kind of said it a second ago, like, it's also, it's almost like the same path as the Enlightenment path. Mm-hmm. You know, you get to, like we had talked about those chakras, right? Yeah. You get to um, that casual chakra. Yeah. And all of a sudden, the world gets a lot bigger. Yeah. Right? But you don't have anything to fill that space. Right. So it feels like void instead of expansion this is good this is the, right? that was one of the things that i'm you know i'm like all of a sudden just like lit up. i'm capable of not having a million thoughts about my work or my finances yeah. or all of this stuff and so yeah it does feel like this this yeah. void as this i'm in this moment void. having this conversation with you guys or i'm sitting here at the computer doing work on the computer mm-hmm. i don't have all of this other shit the yeah. clutter and it feels weird Right. It feels very weird, <laughs> but it's also very cool. Right. You know, I have having to breathe. Your through world it. can become larger. Yeah. Because you're not in the trap of your mind. Right. Oh God, this is cool. <laughs> yeah. Isn't that amazing? So, yeah. Well, and it it's cool, but oftentimes it has that negative effect. So is that like the rebound anxiety? Is that what that? Absolutely. That's what that is. The, well, no, rebound anxiety is actually when you chemically alter yourself so that you're less anxious, mm-hmm. and then the chemicals fight against that to make you more anxious. Oh, okay. So you would have to have some sort of um, foreign suppressant yep. to get that. Um, but what this is, is this is more like, and again, it's easier to explain in the enlightenment context, but... With depression, when you, you know, you get that whale comes up out of the water, all of a sudden your world is twice as big, right? Right. Because you're not just under the water, there's also above the water. Yes. So when your world becomes twice as big because you don't have that trap of all that crap in your head, that feels like a void. Okay. And it's an expansion, not a void, but that void is what oftentimes people react to and say, you know, oh, I, I, I got high on that antidepressant. Or, you know, I, you've said this before, you know, I didn't care about anything. The world was whatever. Like, yeah. You know, blissful. Um, and that in and of itself is just that breach. Gotcha. So that breach every time is going to feel like that because you're seeing that the world's way bigger than it was before. Yeah. But eventually, once you learn how to utilize the, the bigger world, right, right, breach, yeah. you can learn to float like the whale. Okay, cool. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. That makes sense. So it's a very exciting, this is, I'm, I'm glad that I stayed the course because there were several points where I like tried to jump off. I was like, or thought about jumping off. Yeah, like, yeah I'm well, sure. I'm feeling okay. <laughs> you know, I'm feeling fine. This is yeah. not a big deal. And I'm glad that I, I really didn't because... You know, and my thought pattern around that, so sharing this for, for people listening who are thinking about anything like this, my thought pattern around that is I am, what, 41 years old, and I have been doing this for a very long time, and I have not ever really pursued this path, and what has been working in the past has only been working intermittently. So yeah. really trying and committing to doing something different, uh, it's worth it. I mean, like, it, it yeah. really Changes is. Changes requires it. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. And and it's important. 
Um, yeah. It really is. And, and you know, as scary as some of it is, I'm I'm really excited about where this is heading. Good. You know, so. Good. Yeah. Yeah, I, I always get excited about... Um, you said it's worth it. I was thinking you're worth it. That, you know, that you know, is it. I am That's worth what it. I was thinking. And yeah. I get excited when I see people realize mm. their worth. Yeah. So, yeah. That's cool. It's time to strap in for this week's deep dive. We're going to talk about boundaries today. <laughs> um... Boundaries are lots of different things to lots of different people. Boundaries can be, you know, where your land ends. Boundaries can be where your temper starts. <laughs> yes. Um, boundaries can be, uh, you know, the, the way that you choose to protect yourself. Um, and boundaries can be the way that you choose to hurt yourself. We're going to talk today about healthy boundaries, unhealthy boundaries and how we can use boundaries to make our lives better. We talk about boundaries a lot. Yes. When we're discussing amongst ourselves, and you've heard it probably a lot on the podcast as well, you know, talking about building boundaries, setting boundaries, using boundaries, um, respecting boundaries. Right. Um, so today we're going we're gonna to get into that a little bit. Ed's been doing some work on boundaries. I have. Um, so he's going to talk about that a little bit, and then we'll we'll go from there. So I I'm really just starting this work. You know, we t- we talked about it in the check in that the theoretical pieces are all there. You know, like everybody's like, well, you know, you set this boundary, and you don't have to do this, and you don't have to do that. But it, it's very difficult, and I I found that for me, I set a lot of boundaries or lack thereof through my experience growing up with my family. So I think that's a lot of it is that when we learn to interact with our, our, our different members of our family, our parents and grandparents and so on and so yeah. forth, that's what really creates, for me, that's where I'm noticing a lot of these not okay boundaries. Mm-hmm. So one of the things I mentioned and one of the, the issues I have is if I don't want to talk to somebody, if I don't want to um, interact with them or if they find, they put me in a very much higher space of interest in the relationship than I do with them when I've just literally given them you know the time of day like I've listened to them or whatnot and they've they've made me more important than than they are to me how do I deal with that you know how do I go through this and mitigate so that I don't feel like an asshole because that's kind of where it goes you know like for me that's where my poor boundaries come in a lot of times can I ask a question yeah absolutely so when you say setting that boundary with those people, so what does that look like? So I if don't you're know. so, but, well, no, but like, so if you're so important to them, what does that look like? The interact, what does the interaction look like on for you? So how do they act with you to make you need to put a boundary there? Like what what does that look like? So um, so usually these the 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 people that usually end up in the space for me. Uh, are people that I've, you know, just asked them how they are, you uh-huh. know, and, and a lot of them come from like work, you know, cause I'm going to have regular contact with them. 
And uh, so I ask them how they are, and I genuinely want to know, and I genuinely listen to them. Right. And then that becomes a space where it moves beyond the work environment or moves beyond whatever environment is, is the normal. So do you find them, like, texting you for everything or calling you Constantly, if they need something? yeah. And not so, even just need something, just, you know, they need to tell me, like, you know, we talk about, like, Facebook and media where, like, everybody's taking pictures of their, their dinner and whatnot. And, you know, yeah. that, that's the joke a lot of times. But it's like that. Some of these people in my life will literally take a photograph of every single thing that they're doing and update me throughout the day. And I'm like, I understand that I'm important. And I understand that I might be, quote unquote, your only friend, but for God's sakes, you know, find some other friends. And I don't know how to how to put that there, you know. So what I end up doing usually and then I feel like crap about it is I kind of like the K, you know, just say, oh, yeah, K or like an emoji or, uh, you know, like, ooh, yay, you know. So whatever. you blew them off. I, I you do. You try to like because you're busy. You have you've, you're I've doing life. life. Right. Exactly. You know. Um, and so I don't necessarily know how to get myself to not ever be in that space or to not ever be in that space. Well, to, <laughs> to, to, to not let that space progress to that point. Oh, okay. You know, to not have the, what I would consider incidental interactions to get to that point where I become somebody's only friend, uh -huh. you know? Um, so that's one set. And then the other set is like play people like my mother, you know, like I've had to set some really deep boundaries with her recently and uh, because she is a, a major part of my trauma. Yeah. And uh, we actually had a, a wonderful conversation where I was actually able to sit there and say, listen, I am not your son. We don't have that relationship. That's not the relationship that was created when I was a child. So that's not the relationship that exists. So right. we can't have that relationship. So you can tell me you love me. You can tell me all of these things. But I cannot allow your trauma and your trauma response to affect me. So when it becomes too much or if it becomes too much, I'm literally just going to vacate the the situation i'm going to leave the situation and i'll i'll say goodbye or i will just walk out of the room or whatever it is if i'm interacting with her because of course she's family so therefore you know we kind of we go to family functions together you know so like you can't always you know what, what's the word that you said blow them off i can't always blow her <laughs> off you know i mean like it's one thing if she's calling me on the phone i look at the number i'm like yeah fuck that i don't i'm not i'm not in the space where i can deal with my mother right now you know but if we're at a family function in the middle of the woods, you know, in vacation land at somebody's cabin or whatever, you know, I can't sit there and go, well, you know, what am I going to do? I go to the next room and, you know, whatever. And so, then she follows or something, you know. Right. And then there's, a, then there's right. Well, that happens, you know. And then there's a fear of, of judgment also from the rest of my family, too. Right. You know, because they don't necessarily understand what growing up with her was like. Right. You know? Right. So, you know, we, we've talked about, you know, we're heading into the holiday season, so there's going to be a lot more of those, you know, great, yeah. yay. Holidays are a hard time of year with families and they family are. dynamics. Yeah. And sometimes I think that boundary can be not engaging. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, if it, if your mental health and your ability to asset, assert a boundary with your mother is worth two holidays, then... It should be worth two holidays. Right. You know what I mean? 
sometimes when we set boundaries, we need to set them clearly. Other times when we set boundaries, we can set flexible boundaries. Mm -hmm. One of the things that really occurred to me with your first example was in that example, you're still primarily focused on what you are for that person. Mm -hmm. So you haven't set a boundary there yet. Right, exactly. So in setting a boundary with that type of person, it wouldn't be how when you're setting a boundary you're never looking at how the other person feels right you're looking at how you feel right i'm setting a boundary for me i can't set a boundary for you i can't set a boundary for lori i can only set a boundary for me right so your response to that boundary Mm -hmm. is not my job to support you through right okay if you want to talk about why i have this boundary if i'm comfortable with that I can do that. If you're yep. not comfortable with that, then boom. There There's another boundary. boundary. Right, right, absolutely. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's it, it, as long as you're focused on how this other person is interacting with you and not focused on not responding to the text, right? not opening the text, blocking the person on your phone. You know what I mean? You've got all these tools that are boundaries. Right. But you're so into how that affects the other person, you're enmeshed. Right, which is the trauma response that comes along with all of that. Right. Absolutely. Well, enmeshment's enmeshment, whether it's mm-hmm. from trauma or whatever it's from. Yeah. Right. I mean, people that don't have trauma have enmeshment. Oh, cool. You know okay. what I mean? It's, I say, oh, cool. Oh, cool. Oh, cool. But, you know, it's not just us fucked and, up right, people. Yeah. <laughs> it, enmeshment is really designed in the first three years of life. Mm-hmm. Because in those first two years of life, your parent is trying to, should be supporting you and identifying that you are different than them. Right? Right. But when that doesn't happen, which for most people doesn't happen because we grow up with children raising us, right. our, our, that enmeshment piece never gets taken away. I loved my adopted mother, right? Mm-hmm. But the enmeshment she had with her biological children was ridiculous. Right. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like... It just, she very much still saw herself and they see themselves as part of her, right? And that is dysfunction at its best when it comes to boundaries. So the opposite of a healthy boundary in a relationship is enmeshment, right? Mm-hmm. So anytime you're focused on the other person's experience, you've, you've moved into them. Mm-hmm. And that's what we mean when we talk about enmeshment. Enmeshment is two things coming together, right? Like you mix the sugar and the flour when you're making the cake. Right. You know, you push them together. So the first step is to figure out how to, in a healthy and comfortable way, detach from their experience. Does that make sense? That makes perfect sense. Like... Mm-hmm. This person does not have any friends. That's not your responsibility. Right. This person does not have any friends. Emotionally, you have nothing to own there. Right? Right. Like, I mean, you can go through the list, and there's nothing of yours there. Right. They don't have a lot of friends, because look at what they do in friendships. Right. right? So instead of going, I am their only friend, which is where I go with it. Right. 
it's they have no friends. But right. Because you've exactly. automatically filleted yourself to them. Right. And absolutely. They're only friends. Right. Absolutely. Right? You, you avoid you altogether, throw that in the corner, mm-hmm. and what you are for them. Right. Right? But that's part of, the I think, the larger work that you're doing. Yeah. Right? Is not being for them and just being you. Finding right. you. Right. So, I mean, I, I think a healthy boundary is setting up your expectations in a healthy way so you can tell somebody that's texting you 20 times a day or whatever you know i'm feeling overwhelmed you know you own it whatever that feeling is i'm feeling overwhelmed by all of these texts i can't keep up with them you know i might send you a reply once a week now right if that's comfortable. That looks uncomfortable. That looks so him. uncomfortable. Well, yeah, because of the, <laughs> You're yeah. getting red. Because hey, of the as he was saying it, I'm watching your face get red and I'm well, like, I don't well, know if he's not used to that. I think it's because of it what I just said would require you to own several things. That's true. And I think it has more to do with your again avoidance of responsibility for yourself mm-hmm. more than it is need for that enmeshment. Does that make sense? That makes sense. Like if you're hers for everything she needs you don't need to be responsible for you right you can just be what she needs right right that makes that makes a lot of sense right so for you setting boundaries is going to start with choosing you but to choose you you have to own you right if you own you you have to be responsible for you right right you know what i mean this is in and that's the pattern you know it's it all starts with being able to be aware of yourself, self-awareness. And we all avoid self-awareness by projecting outward, mm-hmm. right? So we project outward. What does that mean? We're beyond our boundaries. Right. You know what I mean? It, it, all, it all falls together. But I think, um, do you guys have an example of setting a healthy boundary? And I'll give an example in, while we're doing it. Yes, I have an example. <clears throat> so, and, I, and it's with family. Mm-hmm. Because that's where all of our fuck upness starts. And, you know, <laughs> yeah, really. Right. So we have, these, we have these roles that we play throughout. We've been given them and we follow them or, or we rebel them and do something else. But it's all family oriented. So in my family... Years ago, I realized that I was never having a positive interaction with particular people in my family. And I realized that every time these interactions happened, that I walked away feeling bad. Mm. And I would carry that. And I realized that I didn't at the time have enough tools to be able to have that type of an interaction and be able to walk away from it and not carry it, not feel bad. So I had to do something. I had to be the change. So I had to cut the relationship so that I could heal enough so that I could eventually come face to face with these people, have an interaction, and not be affected by it for months and kick myself and beat myself up. So I put that boundary in place, not thinking what it would do to them or how it would hurt them, or, you know, what they would say about it or how they would react. I put it in place because I needed to grow and I needed to heal. And it had nothing to do with them. 
Right. It had everything to do with me. And I've been so much better for it. And that came from a place of exasperation and and continually being downtrodden. Yeah, and not having, at that time in my life, I didn't have skills to deal with it. So I walked away from these horrid interactions, mm -hmm. and I carried them with me, and I beat myself up over it. And, you know, I was hurting over, and I would exacerbate that by telling myself all of the reasons why there must be something wrong with me. Why am I so unlovable that my family acts this way with me? And I'm like, this is, you know, this is not healthy for me. I can't keep beating myself up over this. I need to disconnect. And I need to disconnect for as long as I need to be disconnected. And so far, it's been 15 years, right. you know. And I've established that boundary, and I've had open-ins where I could try on those shoes again if I want to. And it's given me opportunity to really think this over. Do I want to? And so I've set more boundaries. No, I don't. No, because I, I don't. I just don't. <laughs> I love them. But I'm not that person, and I don't need more friends. Right. And I've created my family. Yeah. So I think those are healthy. I did it for me, what I needed. Right. Not because of anything other than what it was that I knew that I desperately needed. Right. And so, like, the, the boundary that I set with my mother, saying, you know, I'm not your son, you're not my mother, I mean, this is not the relationship that we have, that would be a healthy boundary as part of that. I'm, that's what I'm seeing, judging from what you said. This is because that was for you. It was for me. It wasn't for her. It was for me. I don't, you know, this is this is where I'll allow you in. And it, it's a flexible boundary, you know. Mm -hmm. What did that look like when you said it? I said it just like that, actually. Yeah. Um, we were talking specifically because as I was going into the, the depression piece, she overreacted and it ceased being about me. It was about her. And so, you know, because she needed me to feel like she actually was concerned, but it wasn't about me and my depression and what was going on. And then she made a snide remark. And, and so we visited, revisited that quite a bit later. And that's when that conversation happened about the boundaries. And I said, you know, this is, this is why I say this. This is why I say that, that I'm not your son. <laughs> hey, stop. Okay. Yep. Right. I just set a boundary. Mm -hmm. How did that feel for you? It felt really good, actually. Did it? It did. Because why? Because I was standing up for me. And I was not playing into somebody else's bullshit. And I didn't care about the other person's bullshit. When I just set the boundary? Oh, when you just set the boundary. Yeah. Oh, when you set the boundary. Oh, no, that didn't feel real good. It scared <laughs> the shit out of me. That scared you? Yeah. Okay, how else yeah. did it feel? Um, unsettling. Unsettling? Yeah. I mean, I think that that's mostly what it was for me. It was okay. unsettling. And... So when I set a boundary, mm -hmm. I didn't feel any of those things. Right. I just feel like I wanted it to stop. Ah. Right? Yeah. So it's insanely vital for us all to recognize that when you set a boundary, yeah. you may have feelings about that because you're a meshment with them. Ah. And in that process, you've got to deal with those feelings before you can set the boundary. Right. Okay. Unless you set the boundary and have support in dealing with the feelings to hold accountability. Right. Because yeah. if you set that boundary and <clears throat> the other person says, I don't like it, and they push back and that enmeshment isn't dealt with, you're going to push right back into them. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. So you deal with that enmeshment, then you deal with the boundary. So that by the time you set a boundary, 
you are not attached to the boundary other than it being your choice. Right. Right? Right. So to set a boundary in a healthy way, you have to be totally detached from it. What then comes into dysfunction oftentimes is the other person's response to that. Yeah. Right. Right? Because me saying stop, that was my boundary. Afterwards, did I feel bad for you because I scared you? No. I did a little bit. Oh, did you? Okay, I was, yeah, like, no, I was like, no, yeah, I, I did like, a little bit. Right. I did a little bit. You're over there going, no, you no. didn't. You know, prior prior to saying stop, yeah, I had to work through because I was going to do it when Lori started talking way back when. Yeah, right. I had to really work through the fact that I was going to scare one of you. Yeah, ah, gotcha. Like, okay, so I had to it. spend all that time before I could set that boundary in a healthy way. Gotcha. Right. Yeah. But afterwards. What happens initially? I go back to, oh my god, how did I affect you? Right, right. So if I don't have a bumper for that after I set that boundary to say, oh, that's not my job to worry about. Right. Then I instantly become reemmeshed. Gotcha. Okay. So if you set a boundary from a clear place, you won't reemmesh mm-hmm. because you'll recognize it as soon as it comes in. Right. I recognize as soon as it comes in. I feel scared for Ed. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you know right. I mean? Right. Like I recognize that, so I can say, "All right, I'll put that aside because this is for a good reason." Yeah. Right? I set that boundary for a good reason. Mm-hmm. For me, the reason was to have this as a teachable moment. Right. Right. Absolutely. Right? But for you, in that initial moment, it didn't feel like a teachable moment. No. No, it, it didn't. Felt like a, Whoa! <laughs> what the hell's happening? Right. You know. So that's where, when we set boundaries in a healthy way, we don't have the attachment so we can recognize when the enmeshment comes back in. Gotcha. If we set a boundary while we're still enmeshed, we're not going to ever recognize that enmeshment coming back. Gotcha. And that's why sometimes when we set a boundary, then then we go, oh, well, no, I really didn't mean it. Exactly. Right. Or, Or, you know, this person, because this is often what happens, right? as a response to your fear, mm-hmm. right? You'll now go home and project something in your life that causes a lot of fear that you need my help with. Right, so that I can reel you back in. Absolutely. So that boundary will always be followed by some sort of crisis or some sort of whatever, mm-hmm. right? On the other person's part, absolutely. Right, because that's them having to deal with it. Now, if it's a healthy person, that won't happen. Right. Because they will recognize your boundary and then do their work to figure out whether that works for them or not. Right. You know what I mean? So that's that's the difference, is that unhealthy person, which typically is going to be there because you've started with the enmeshment, mm-hmm. that unhealthy person is going to have to have a break from you. You've created the break, but they need to feel the break. Mm-hmm. So they create that. Right? They create that larger, um, exacerbated example. Catastrophe. Right, yeah. right, right. Mm-hmm. So that you can really abandon them. Mm-hmm. You, know, you don't just have to do it intellectually. Right. So if you are on that other side saying, oh my God, I'm abandoning you. Right. You've lost your battle already. Right. It's time to go back and reestablish the boundary. Right. If you are on that other side saying, you know... Oh, I, I see that you're having a hard time and there's nothing I can do to offer you right now. But if there if something comes up that I think I can, I will. That's healthy. Right. 
You get it? Yeah. So setting boundaries is oftentimes uncomfortable for both parties. Mm -hmm. But if you work through that discomfort and try to understand it prior to setting the boundary, you'll be able to affirm the boundary much more clearly. Right. That's good stuff. That's really good stuff. And sometimes you'd be surprised. Sometimes it's not uncomfortable for the other person because you 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 weren't as important as you thought you were. Right. <laughs> you know, it's or, a relief to the yeah, other person. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like so, you know, I mean, you just it, never know. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Buckle up for this segment of Off the Rails. So we've got another one of these funny videos from J.P. Spears that I thought we'd have a react to. Oh, yeah. Okay. yeah. So what we'll do is we'll just kind of play the video um, and then we'll stop it when we have some sort of reaction or comment. <laughs> yes. You know, something to talk about. Other than that, we may talk over it a couple of times. Who knows? We'll see how it goes. So there are two guys sitting together eating... Yeah, I love your malas. Are those new? Yeah, just got them. Wow, what kind of wood are they made out of? Plastic, but they're meant to look like wood from the Bodhi tree. Oh. <laughs> you know, that's the same type of wood that professional monks use. Exactly. Thanks for bringing that salad, man. I love kale. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. You know, kale is the most nutrient-dense food ever. I love it. They're just eating uh, straight actually, kale. Actually, um, sea moss is the most nutrient-dense food. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, no. I accept you as you are, but <laughs> you're incorrect. I'm no Eckhart Tolle, but you're not being the observer right now. You're being the participant. <laughs> I'm sure place with that perspective. I hear you. I feel you. Yet I'm present with what is. And I feel like you might be caught up in the doingness of your own mind. As opposed to the beingness <laughs> yeah. of your own perspective, life. but... I feel like you haven't smudged yourself for a little bit. I smudged myself. Right? I you love that. clear enough for the conversation. <laughs> <Right>? Smudge. Smudge. <laughs> Why don't you go smudge yourself? Oh my god. I mean, really. You know, right? Yeah. That used to be a thing. Go smudge yourself. Right. <laughs> so, this, like, like, when they're talking about the the sandals, I'm going to call them the sandals because yeah. they're, you know. So, and he was talking about, but they're plastic and they're right. made Right. Jason, do you remember when we had the office? Yeah. And then at one point in time, we so we had somebody that was helping us decorate, and we had a call. We we called her uh-huh. about this this piece that we were doing, and then we were going to put in fake candles. And she oh, came yeah. back with very quickly, "Well, spirit does not validate fake candles. Does not recognize <laughs> fake candles." <laughs> Oh and my god, I remember that, right. yes. You did that to me when I said, hey, what do you think of fake plants? Because I wanted to turn it into right. like a light. Yeah. And you're like, spirit does not recognize right. fake plants. Right. When that's where that came yes. from. Absolutely. Yes. Oh my god, I do. I forgot all about that. Yeah, so spirit does not recognize his plastic boji beads. Bodai or whatever he's wearing, yeah. To made, made to look like the what tree? B- the Bodai tree. The Bodai tree. Yeah, wood from okay. the Bodai tree. Because professional monks, professional monks, I like that. Professional monks. Professional monks. Yes, absolutely. Because they are in professional the monks. The traditional prayer beads. 
are made from the bodine. And I thought okay. he was talking about sandals. I did not real. I did not quite hear what they were. Yeah. I, they're the beads. Yes. They weren't sandals. The I thought they were sandals. Okay. That's funny. Yeah. Yes, I get and a kiss. That's the tree that the Buddha sat under. Right. It's the Bodhi tree. Okay. Yeah. And so that's where it came from. Yeah. That's yeah. Absolutely. So let's see how more passive aggressive they can be to each other uh, throughout their uh, enlightened moments. Yes. Right? Smudge yourself. I'm going to use that from now on. What? I think you need to go smudge yourself. I didn't like it. Why didn't counterfeit Sage? Well, <laughs> be counterfeit I yourself. Sage. Wants you to know that you're completely wrong. You're just projecting your sense of wrongness onto me. No, you're projecting that I'm projecting. That's your projection. That's, That's your projection. projection. Oh my god. <laughs> like, I, this is, oh, this is the thing that happens so often. You're projecting your feelings. I'm yes. bliss. Right. You're projecting yes. your feelings. This comes from, like, the bliss nanny people, right? Yes. Mm -hmm. They're like, oh, the world is in total bliss. No, I think you look you look really angry. <laughs> no, yes. the no, world is in total bliss. Yes. <laughs> but but you look angry. Yeah. Well, you're just projecting your anger onto me. Yeah. The universe has no anger for anyone. My natural state is resting bitch face. <laughs> <laughs> that is my natural state. <laughs> that really is my natural state. Oh my state. god. Yes. Don't project your shit onto me. <laughs> All but right. your projection is just a projection of your projection and my right. projection. I don't know. It's multidimensional. <laughs> oh, yes. God. Here we go. That is my vibrational frequency. And honestly, it feels like your frequency is vibrating at a much lower level. I love that. Vibrating at the frequency of being religious, not spiritual. You're just not in the now. As he right throws now. his cane. <laughs> Who are you to judge? You've never even been to the now. Oh. You're judging me to be judging. It seems like you've eaten meat recently. Oh my god. <laughs> I can feel it. Well, you're not really an empath. <laughs> I think you've been faking it all along. Oh my god. I can't stand your ego right now. <laughs> well, you signed a soul contract to be with it. Not to be friends with your entities. You're so unaware. Unaware? I was born Saturn in the second house and my moon rising. Okay? I might be a very detailed person, but I am very aware. You haven't even noticed my isness all day. Do you even care? I just wanted you to validate your own self for once. You're one to talk. You've forgotten your true nature. <laughs> there goes all the kale. You already forget where you came from just so that you'd be able to remember where you've forgotten you were. Yes! I know I'm a drop of water in the ocean absolute, born into the relativism oh and experience who I am and not just know who I am. You are the least Christ-like person I know. Wait, Christ-like in the energetic sense of Christ consciousness that anyone can eventually attain or Christ-like in the sense of one literal man who banged a prostitute? Oh, Jesus. Energetic. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's obvious you believe in time. You know that I know that time is just an illusion. An illusion? You want a watch to work. I don't have it on right now. You couldn't have more of a false sense of self. Oh well, my, my energy God. is already a part of your energy. I love it. So you're really just talking about yourself. <laughs> I know you are, but what am I? Yes. Well, then we don't have a past life together anymore. With oh. love and light. Get the hell out of my life! <laughs> <laughs> Bless you. Yeah. Said with love. Said with great love. Oh my yes. God. Oh that Jesus. Was hilarious.
Yes, that and there's hilarious. still more if you watch. Oh, oh my, my gosh. gosh. All right, there's more? Okay. Yeah, yeah. Well, no, let's, let's, like, I gotta talk. I mean, seriously. <laughs> so, so this, like, this is, this is a really, like, I've I watched these I love them with love happening. and light, get the hell oh, out yeah. of my house. Right, and these happen. Oh, for real. <laughs> right, I mean, this is only mildly exaggerated. I've seen people. My, are you serious? Oh, Thank yes. God, I've never oh, seen yeah. anything like that. Oh, my God. No, I've experienced it. Oh. Apparently, you're not awake enough to understand. I guess you know, not. Just, just pull those, you I'll, I'll stay asleep if I can right. avoid that shit. Right. Yeah. You're not functioning at the correct vibration. Yes. At one of the fairs, and this happens quite frequently, specifically yeah. at the fairs that, that we do, and I, they'll sit there and people will say, well, I didn't feel anything, but it's not really surprising because your energy is not as open or enlightened as it should be. But, yeah. what, but let, what? Me, let me work to on you. you. To any of us, like it, it's happened to, to the to to like us, the healers, yeah. or yeah, to, to us, so the, the Reiki practitioners. Yeah, I've so, had people say this to me. So they're telling you that they didn't feel their Reiki session because your energy isn't open enough, right? Or right. So uh, they, do they, they even know what fucking Reiki they is? Need to be the healer, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. Right. I, oh I wow, actually, that's I had hysterical. One guy who came into the to the to that that space, and he. He got it. He got a session with somebody, and then he wanted to to practice. I think you probably remember. It's usually always a guy, honestly. Truthfully, yeah. And he had these like rope things, uh, plastic tubes that he just basically just kind of worked and moved, which was fine. That's not a problem. You do what you need to do to get your 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 connection on. But right. Um, but he. You're not gonna yuck on his young. Right, <laughs> yeah. You know. Although I, I I looked at that and then I I felt it. I didn't feel it. Like, I went on the table for it. And, and he's like, now, don't you feel better? I was like, truthfully, I, I didn't feel anything. He's like, oh, well, that's because you're not at a high enough vibration to perceive this sort of energy. Oh, my gosh. And I went, I get, get out of my tent. I mean, I didn't really. Wow. But I'm like, I'm thinking, yeah. just get out of my tent. I like, I don't know what to do in this situation. Everybody cause... perceives energy differently. I mean, some people don't physically feel it. Some right. people do, and they feel it in different ways. It doesn't have a goddamn thing to do. Well, you only with say how... that because your perception is still yes. mired in right. the other and not in the now. Yes. <laughs> one, of the, one of the other things that comes up at the yeah. fair is, is frequently we've had two people that have frequently come by, and what they'll do is they'll just stand on the outside. Yeah. And they'll be fixing what the healer is doing right are you serious oh no yeah very See, from a when i'm there doing the work i don't pay attention to anything other than right. the person on my table that's why we have somebody so, standing there to like one of the reasons why we have people you know to like, answer you, questions yeah and then also to kind of look to, at these people and to kind of show them away that's yeah. so funny because i just like i do my work and then i turn around next and i haven't yeah. noticed these no, they're, they're, outskirt they're the powerful beings Oh, right. that's hysterical. Yeah. I kind of have this, this image of them that they expect someday for like them to walk into a crowd and the crowd just to part, part and, and, and just circle around them and, and just start worshipping them because they exist. Right, that's right. The, you know that's I mean? the craziest shit. I did have the one guy on my table. The, the weirdest thing that's ever happened to me there, I think, is the... One guy on my table who had all of those delusions of grandeur. Oh, yes. Yeah, absolutely. And he wanted me to feed those delusions. And right. I, I just wanted to give him his damn healing, you know. Yeah. You wanted to give him the <laughs> Get him the hell out. Yeah, because yeah. I just, I wasn't going to play that game. Right. But, but then um, 
they, that created a whole other situation. Right, right. Then I needed a little counseling around later right, on. Right, <laughs> But yeah, no, the, these people, like, these people, and some of them will get into your face like yeah. this. And, and I, I don't... I don't want to get into that power struggle with them. So, like, I don't know what to do. I'm like, I, right. I'm... Like, what is there to have a power struggle about? Yeah. Exactly. Like, this is your perception. Yeah. This is not my perception. Thanks. Yeah. Go away. I, yeah. you know, I don't need to have this. But they do. That's like fluff on a ultra fluffy level, right? <laughs> That's like the fluffiest of I, fluffs up I there. I thought you were going to say like this is the like egoist of fluff. Yeah. I thought you were going to say this is like fluff on an ultra spiritual fluff and peanut butter sandwich. Yeah. Yeah, that's where I thought you yeah. <laughs> My kids had just been talking about yeah. fluff and nutters because they were going to uh, they were going to go hang out with their, their aunt and uncle. That yeah. was one of my dad's they favorites. They always get fluff when they go there. Oh, yeah. that's funny. Yeah. That's funny. Clear sugar. Yeah. Oh, God, yeah. It's like cotton candy, only more condensed, oh, basically. <laughs> All right, so we want to listen to the the end of this? Yeah. yeah. Let's, uh, okay. let's look at this. Yeah, I wish I wish that we could show his face at the very end of this. This well, guy is and, just hysterical. And, and he is, and, and he's usually my go-to for, for funny. So I will put a, a link to this video in, in our description so that if anybody wants to check this out, because it, it is absolutely hysterical. I mean, he's yeah, so funny. Yeah, over most of it. <laughs> right. All right, you ready? Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. Circle, circle. Yo, I heard his honey yelling. What was all that about? Idiot Brent said K. So this is this is now <laughs> like scene two. Okay, so the the JP, his character has stayed. The other person's character has left the room in protest. Thrown out. And, <laughs> in love yeah, and light. In yeah, love with and love light. and light. Yeah, they were thrown out. And so now a third person has come into the room. Uh, and JP's pounding a mm-hmm. drum. Hail's the most nutrient-dense food ever, and things escalated from there. <laughs> what a dork. Everyone knows quinoa is the most nutrient-dense food. <laughs> <laughs> Oh no. Oh no. And he's super angry. What's up, you beautiful weirdo? Thank you. I think he's great. I think he's great. It's true, too. It's like there really is this obsession about what we consume. Yes. In the healing community. With a lot of people, yes. Yeah. You know, I believe firmly kind of a fad. that it's a drug. Yeah. It's a drug. The control yeah. of what you put into your body, the control is the drug. Right. And thinking the, yeah, and the idea that, uh, the idea that my diet makes me superior over you. Right. Because you're so ignorant that you don't know what you should be putting into your body. Like right. you don't know your own body and your own body's needs. Right. right. Or that it's, I need it's to spiritual eat the most arrogance. Rich thing. Mm-hmm. You can be completely like eat eating McDonald's if you really want Absolutely. to. Absolutely. It's spiritual arrogance is what it is. Right. It's, yeah. And yeah. there's it's, a danger it's in that. Checkbox. Yeah. 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 You know, that yeah. takes you away from, from being your authentic self. Yeah. And and you know what the, the, the reverse is also true, which is kind of interesting so like i am finding myself naturally moving towards a vegetarian diet 
Yeah. yeah. It's just a natural it's progression for me. It's because you're getting it older is. and you can't digest stuff the way you used well, to. <laughs> I would like to That's say that That's what I'm was... finding. I can't digest things like I could when I was 20. No, uh, it really, it, it, uh, it doesn't, like the meat doesn't bother me. Like I, uh-huh. I process it. It's fine. It's not yeah. an issue. But the actual eating of it has felt weird. Like like I, I'm eating the meat, like I'll, I'll eat a piece of chicken and I'm like, ugh. This just doesn't, it doesn't taste right. It doesn't feel right in my mouth. I think of what it is and it just kind of like, it's a, it's a thing where I'm, I'm way too much in my head, you know? So <laughs> it, it, I'm just. You're where? Exactly. You heard me. <laughs> so I mentioned this, like I mentioned the, this to somebody else and they're like, well, you know, it doesn't matter what you eat. If you eat a vegetarian, it doesn't mean you're more enlightened. I was like, that's not what I was saying. I, I yeah. just was. But clearly, that, they've had some bashing done to them, uh, right? Apparently, yeah. I yeah, was, right. It's definitely somebody else's bet. That was projecting. And <laughs> that really was. You're projecting. <laughs> oh yeah, I don't want to go down that rabbit hole. But right? no, I just it just seems to be a thing. Now, yeah. You know, I had fish yesterday, so like it doesn't really. Sometimes I look at it and I'm going like, okay, yeah, no, this is really what I want. It doesn't really matter to me, but yeah. I'm I'm heading. I in that love direction. a big old greasy beef burger. Yeah. Oh yeah, me too. Big bacon. old fatty steak. Bacon and cheese. Oh, yeah. Me too. Ham, bacon, pork chops, lamb chops. I'm a <laughs> I need right. I need the meter. I don't I'm feel good. Like I I get depleted, drained. Right. Oh, what ribs. I what I'm finding lately is. Um, certain things as I'm trying to be more present in my body and notice what's going on with me more, this GERD thing that I've had for years that comes and goes sometimes, um, I'm noticing when I've had a nice salad, right? I can then go bend over and do things or even lay down and I don't end up with this GERD. Right. But if I eat like meat, something heavier, or I'm thinking it's the acid, the acidicness or something. Don't bend over after a meal like that. I'll get my GERD. Don't do things. Like, there's certain things that are irritating the GERD more. And then I kind of look into it, and I'm like, all right, well, and I love dairy, and I eat eat a lot of dairy. Now, raw milk will actually cure that GERD for me, but I'm no longer milking. Right. So I don't have my own milk. And there used to be a time when, in my area, one of our farms sold their raw milk as raw milk to the stores and then something happened and it was taken from the store so you can't yeah, just there was legislation. They shut down raw milk yeah so you can't just go get it you know right. like from this particular farm like I used to be able to now there is a guy up the road that has an organic farm and he does the raw milk and for a while when I stopped milking I was buying from him um but then I always get confused on what days does the truck come and what days right. doesn't it and so it just seems like a pain in my ass, but I've got to go back to getting the raw milk. That'll take care of a little, t- a shot of raw milk. GERD's gone. Yeah. Gone. Doesn't come back. Yeah. Um, regular milk, pasteurized milk doesn't you do that. You can just skip all that by eating the most nutrient-rich, uh, K- I, I need you kale. Know, uh, kinoa, quinoa. Kale, seaweed. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah mossy. So, but like, I'm just moss. trying, you know, moss, yeah. I think as we get older, we do notice things within our body more, but it doesn't mean, it means there's something there that we need to take care of. Right. If there's something, you know, if there's irritants right. going on. My father, and this was always funny to me, so my father was not necessarily an, what we would consider an enlightened man, but if you listen to him and, and like looked underneath a lot of the things that he did, yeah. he was an incredibly self-aware man. 
You That's know, so amazing. He, he would go up and down all of the aisles in the grocery store, and there were times. He didn't do this always, but there were times when they would do this, and I'm like, why are you doing this? He's like, I'm listening to my body because I will have a craving for something that my body needs. Oh, I always... And I, I was always, like, this is... Yeah. I, I was like six or seven. I was like, that's the coolest thing. So there are times when I like have a hankering for something that yeah. I don't know about. Like, I don't know what I want. And I'm like, okay, well, I'll walk up and down. I'll, I'll follow in my dad's footsteps and walk up and down the aisles to that's kind of sweet. get the thing. Yeah. 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 Uh, that happens to me, and I listen to it. If I have a craving for fruit, I get cr- fruit. And if I have a craving for... One year, I had this craving for chocolate, if you, if you remember. Right. Yeah, yeah. And... I'm not big on sweets, but I had the craving for chocolate consistently, and I needed it every day. And I can't remember. I looked into it. I don't even remember what it was for, but when I looked into it, it made sense yeah. that I was needing that chocolate because it had something to do with something else that made sense. I can't remember now, but it did make sense. Well, I'll tell so. you, I have never, ever, 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 ever had a craving for kale uh, this is. I love <laughs> kale. I love kale chips. I crave I've kale. never I, had know, those. I've never, I've never had kale chips because I I don't oh, like. They're amazing. I, uh, oh, does that mean I'm not enlightened because I don't like kale? And, and no, I've it just had... means that you're not enlightened enough to have experienced. It. <laughs> oh, okay, fair enough. I have. Didn't function vibrationally with. The kale. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm not ready to bring that into my existence. Right. Yeah. I didn't get enough sage. <laughs> yeah. Maybe yeah. I should go smudge myself. Yeah. Make sure it's not artificial. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> You're not enlightened sage, enough to sage. be able to tell the difference between the real sage and the fake well, sage. Well, thank God I have both. Thank God, Goddess Mother Earth, whatever. <laughs> right. That I have now both. you're only honoring a masculine deity. <laughs> yes. You misogynist. Yes. Well, thank goodness. Oh, so now, now you got to turn it into that. The light. Yeah. Oh. What about the darkness? Are you avoiding the shadow? The side? balance. <laughs> thank. Thank existence <laughs> of all sorts and beings and space that yeah. I have you two to keep me on the narrow path. Yeah. Oh, what about the other dimensions? Oh, damn it. Yeah. <laughs> it's good stuff. I hope you enjoyed the show today. Remember, you can always reach out to us through our Facebook page at Stumbling Through Enlightenment. Follow us on Twitter at Stumbling T H R O U 2. Go to our website to check out more episodes and information about us personally. That is stumblingthroughenlightenment.squarespace.com. You can also reach out to us directly at stumblingthroughenlightenment at gmail.com. That's it for today. Have a great week.